Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my It's just another night for Supernatural Girls Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker On the one, the only, Supernatural Girls Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and unfortunately, PK was unable to join us again this evening, but she should be back next week, but she's going to miss a great show, because let me tell you what, this is a very special show. Now, I announced quite some time ago, probably a couple of years ago, that I had requested that a very, very interesting person, covert disclosure, he was on Twitter, and I noticed that he was posting some very, very interesting posts. Covert disclosure, 441, you need to follow him on Twitter. So anyways, who is he? Well, he identifies himself as being stationed at a certain government facility for years. And he has seen things of extraterrestrial and paranormal nature. And he felt that the public needs to be made aware. So he was kind enough to take all of the questions that we had asked. Again, this is a couple of years ago. But at that time, we were very much focused on the people that had gone missing and that had been identified very, very clearly by David Paulides, who has done just incredible work. He's an ex-detective. He took this on to research why people were disappearing in our national parks and other places under very mysterious circumstances. Now, if you haven't read his books, you need to, because he's done a great job with the books. There's also two documentaries that were produced. One by his son and him, and the second one, I don't know who the producer was, but both of them you need to see and also get his books. Now, don't go to Amazon to buy David's books. Buy them directly from him. It's the Can-Am Missing 411 Project. You can find him online. Buy the books directly from him because there's people that are gouging, price gouging like you can't believe on Amazon. So don't buy his books there. But David has our utmost respect as a professional. He's a great investigator. He never speculates on who or what is taking these people and why. But he does present the cases. 
He identifies the people. He talks about the circumstances. It is a fascinating study. It has really caught my attention for such a long time. And it's also very disturbing because the the national parks, as he has gone into in great detail, don't even want to reveal a list of all these people that have gone missing. And when David has gone to get reports, um, they have often refused to give the reports when this clearly should be something anyone can get. So I know that uh, George Lugo and Becky Andreasen and myself all looked into some of this when we did mediumship together, and we found some very, very interesting and some very concerning things as we did this work. And I did talk about some of that during the shows throughout the last couple of years. Now, covert disclosure, as I mentioned, um, he he does not want to be identified. And he did take his own time and read through the questions we asked, and he answered all of them. So I have sound files, and what's going to happen is I'm going to read the question that I asked, and I'm going to play his response. Now, also, I have a very special person with us tonight. Now, Tom Dongo is a friend of ours. He's been on the show previously. And he's joining us to discuss these paranormal events and what is behind them. Now, Tom, as you may recall, is recognized as a world authority and one of United States' leading authorities on UFOs and paranormal occurrences. He is also a remote viewer and over the course of many years has been a key lecturer at numerous U.S. national and international conferences, including the International UFO conference. So Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Yes, great to be back, Patricia. Uh appreciate it. Yeah, we'll we'll have <laughs> we'll have fun with this one tonight. Oh my god, I know, I know. You've got a lot you've done a lot of remote viewing on this and we definitely want to hear what covert disclosure has to say. And again that's covert disclosure four four one if you are looking for him on Twitter, that's where you will find him. Be sure to go and follow him. And make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all these great places because we are all over the place. And don't miss it because we're going to be doing some even more exciting stuff if that's possible. So I want to start this off because, again, public disclosure is really needing to be very careful. He does not want anybody to know who he is so he has taken uh taken his time to answer these questions and before i read any of them here is what he had to say before reading my replies please remain aware that i cannot divulge anything too specific as that would increase my chances of being identified by rank function or facility i don't want you to think i'm being evasive Okay, so if you had any trouble understanding that with the voice synthesizer, let me read his response. Before reading my replies, please remain aware that I cannot divulge anything too specific, as that would increase my chances of being identified by rank, function, or facility. I don't want you to think I'm being evasive. It's quite literally a matter of life or death. 
So with that, we're going to start with the first question. Now, as I just mentioned, police detective David Polites has investigated many unusual disappearances in our national parks and in some cases near college campuses and cities. Now, there seem to be several possibilities. Here's my question. What do you know about this? It appears that there may be several forces at work. Is it UFO abduction? If so, why are they taking these people? So I'm going to play his response. Disappearances are partially due to extraterrestrial activity. When it comes to most extraterrestrials, they are taking humans for experimentation, slavery, or a combination thereof. There is a percentage of extraterrestrials that take humans for food. However, that percentage is fairly low. Wow. So, Tom, I know you have been looking into this as well. Have you found extraterrestrials involved in abducting these people? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I, I just told you I've, I've been on 54. This is the 54th show I've been on in a year and a half. And I talk about that a lot, and I, I, uh, uh, I have a natural remote viewing ability, and I, I've questions, you know, like what the answer is what he said. You know, I, I do my own research without influenced by anybody else. So I, uh, I, uh, I, I just recently listened to uh, an Art Bell interview of, of Ingo Swan and, and Russell Targ, and they're they're the uh, the uh, the people that remote viewing in the United States. In fact, I, I know some of the, the original remote viewers that they trained, and I I can do what both of those guys can do in remote viewing. Uh, but I, I certainly don't have the energy that Swan had. He could walk into a building and shut down every electronic thing in the building. I sure, I sure can't do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Ingo yeah. is amazing. But there yeah. are several possibilities, and this is why I put this question to COVID disclosure, because these um, these people that go missing, um, they do follow a pattern. However. This is something I do think he's accurate in his answer. I would go along with this. I think that there are a number of reasons why they would take people, and experimentation very very well could be one of them. Slavery, I could see that happening, or a combination of that. And then food is concerning, obviously, but he said that is a lower percentage. So let's go to the next question that I asked, and I also asked him who else it could be. So is it Bigfoot? Or cryptids doing the kidnapping? If so, what are these cryptids doing to humans? Which cryptids are involved with this? I'm going to play his answer first, and then we're going to talk about that. So, here we go. Cryptids are also to blame for these disappearances, but to a lesser degree. With cryptids, the motivation is almost always food, but in some very chilling cases, they also abduct people for torture or assault or even for pets. Yikes. So there yeah. have been a number of children that have gone missing. And I remember one story that uh, David talked about, a little girl. And this is a, this is a long time ago, back in the 1800s. And she described a man, or actually she described something with a, a wolf face. And so they recovered her, thank goodness. But, yeah, you have to wonder, why would a cryptid take a human? And, again, uh, these answers sound uh, very, very accurate to me. Um, 
motivation being food. And in some cases, and this is horrible to think about, abducting people for torture, assault, or even as pets. We know so little about the the tribes of Bigfoot and other cryptids that are out there. It's certainly not just Bigfoot. There are many other cryptids. And I know Covert Disclosure has referenced several of them in his Twitter posts, and some I've never even heard of. So, again, everybody, make sure you're following him on Twitter because there's a lot to learn from him about these different cryptids out there. So what have you found, Tom, about cryptids when you have looked into this? Well, yeah, good, good question. You know, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, dog, dog man is definitely a threat. Uh, but, uh, and, and dog men have killed people, uh, but they're, they're, they're uh, and, and dog men are basically everywhere. They're, they're, they are werewolves, and, and, they're, and if a creature... They think they think it's a Bigfoot, and their eyes glow orange or red. They're not a Bigfoot; it's a Dogman. Because Dogman at night, their eyes glow red or uh, or orange. So uh, you know the the whole th- you know this thing about people being tortured and kept as pets and all that. I've really looked into that. And I, I have an ex friend in the CIA that uh, I should I should I shouldn't ne- mention his name at all, but uh, you know if if extraterrestrials. Uh, well, we, we could go on all night with this this, this question. Uh, if if extraterrestrials are involved in this anyway, they're doing it through humans because what what humans have been doing to humans, you know, they're eating kids, they're drinking kids' blood, you know, they you know they're keeping kids as pets, slaves, you know. So so if if that's a fact, I don't think extraterrestrials are directly doing that, but if they are, they're doing it through humans, you know, and, and they, you know they're there's a lot of people on this planet that you know they they've killed you know uh, many many people and have no no guilt about it whatsoever. I mean I could I could name a half a dozen people now that right you know fully active doing this. So you know and yes and they, I'm aware uh, of what you're you talking know. about definitely. I mean there's a lot of people that have reported on that and there's no doubt that yeah. unfortunately there's a lot of human tra- trafficking child trafficking going on. Um, yeah. But again, it's interesting that there are a, there's definitely more than one cryptid, like you mentioned, uh, Dogman, and certainly that sounds like what the little girl was describing, who was recovered, um, who was taken yeah. miles away, but thank God they found her. So, uh, anyways, yeah, this is this is a very concerning uh, topic, as I said at the beginning of the show. I it keeps me awake at night. It really does, wondering yeah. what has happened yeah, yeah, to these yeah. people. Yeah, me, yeah so, me too. Now, here's another question I asked, because in my mind, there's several different possibilities. It's not just cryptids. It's not just ETs. My next question was this. Are interdimensionals kidnapping humans, and if so, why? So I'm going to play his response. There is at least one interdimensional race that is kidnapping humans. As far as we can ascertain, they're taking humans for food. When it comes to interdimensional beings taking humans, they're not really limited to state or federal land. The race I have in mind, honestly, more than likely have no idea of our man-made boundaries. So that's interesting uh, because he's going to answer another question later on about how cryptids do follow certain boundaries of land, but interdimensional do not. So that makes sense. 
I have to say, I can understand why interdimensionals wouldn't recognize our boundaries, man-made boundaries. It would mean nothing to them coming from another dimension. It really bothers me, however, that uh, they're taking humans for food. That is really kind of disgusting. But, again, we yeah. eat animals. And, you know, like you said, there are people yeah. that are trafficking children who are doing yeah. something similar. So maybe I wouldn't, shouldn't be so shocked, but I am. So what about your looking into interdimensionals? Have you encountered any races of interdimensionals uh, coming into our reality? Uh, so, you know, I, I was on a show a couple of months ago, and he says, yeah, they're eating the stupid ones first, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we, we kind of made a joke about that. But, yeah, I'm aware of, you know, the, the, the thing of it is I, I, uh, I, I wish I could spend the rest of my life teaching people remote viewing because I've, I've been face-to-face with the nastiest of the nastiest. And, and if you can see them, they, they respect you. There's some reason they respect you. I, I, I intentionally went looking for the worst extra, you know, the, the, the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. So I intentionally went looking one time for the worst extraterrestrial I could find. And I, uh, uh, I'll tell you a story about Joe McMonagall in a little, in a little bit. Uh, so anyway, you know, I, I did. I came face to face, and the bad ones are uh, they're all uh, humanoids. The humans, uh, extraterrestrials, there are about 15 races of human extraterrestrials that I've been able to find. So anyway. But how do you tell, let me, it, just, let me just ask you this, Tom, because you're talking about interdimensionals yeah, sure. right now. How do you tell the difference when you start looking into this between an interdimensional and an alien? I mean, I would imagine it's somewhat uh, tricky to identify who's who. Uh, well, you know, it is and it isn't. The, you know, the... I, I have been able to speak to extraterrestrials in the, in the past, and an extraterrestrial that you know flies a ship, they they speak in a language. It's and it's a language. It's it's telepathic, but it's in in uh, pictures. It's like it's a it's an instantaneous picture but what language. But interdimensional? Well, interdimensional do that too? Yeah, no, uh, you know I don't know because okay. uh, the, the interdimension very very strange. You know, and, and here's the thing. Uh, 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 you know, they, they, uh, we, 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 we need, we're, 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 you know, we're trapped in limbo as humans because we, we don't see beyond the, the limits. And I try to do that. I, I try to go into the outer limits. If, if we could see what was around us, uh, it might, it probably would be a little scary, but, but, uh, we, we, we need to. You know, Charles Fort was right in 1921. We are somebody's herd of cattle. I, I've, I've mm-hmm. got that t- taken for granted. We are somebody's yeah, herd of cattle. Why would we also be on the food chain? Right. And I know Bob Monroe used to say that. We're, we're on the food chain, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. know, that definitely makes sense. So let me move on to the next question. Yeah. And this is number four that I asked. A covert disclosure. Are these people accidentally falling through a portal and transported to another dimension, and has anyone ever returned? Now, here is his answer. Very interesting answer. There are a number of what I'll refer to as remnant portals that pose a danger to the general public. If left as is, and if it's in a public enough location, the probability of someone or something falling through and drawing unwanted attention to the area is high enough that it merits 
these intervention missions are basically what people describe when they say that the military showed up and no one knew why. Oftentimes, we can't close the portals and basically just have to stand watch and make sure no one falls through. Other times, the portals close themselves and the military just stands guard during the duration. Now, we have had some people return, but their accounts are almost always worthless due to the other dimension being beyond or beneath their ability to accurately perceive their environment or due to time discrepancies. For example, if they were gone for days, but only minutes passed for them. I find that answer very interesting. Um, we've done a lot of looking into portals. We've had a lot of people on the show talking about portals, including Patrice Chaplin, uh, Jerry Wills, uh, some people that have had personal experiences with them as, um, as also somebody who worked with Bigfoot and saw Bigfoot coming to portals. So portals are key, it appears. And what, what have you found with portals, Tom? Well, I, I wouldn't. I, I would hardly disagree with anything he said. Um, I, I've, uh, you know, I got I got teleported about uh, it was about four years ago. Now we I do treasure hunting on the side, and we were in a very remote place at eight thousand feet. And I uh, I was carrying metal detectors and shovels, and I was walking through a lot of leaves. And I I, uh, I looked down, and I and I, I brought my head up. And, and uh, I was I was in another canyon. I was in another canyon about a quarter of a mile away, and, and it happened that wow. fast, probably mm-hmm. a split a split split second. So either somebody did that to me, you know. We were in Apache homeland, original Apache homeland. So you know, somebody said, well, maybe it was an Apache shaman. Well, it may have been. I, I don't know, but or an extraterrestrial. But somebody. I know it wasn't me. Somebody teleported me a quarter of a mile in a, in a probably a hundredth of a second. All, I, I mean, it was as fast as you can blink your eye. And uh, I had a heck of a time getting back because I had all these shovels and metal detectors in my arms. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. I know what it, That's... yeah, so I, I know what it's like. Uh, and I've, yeah, I've seen... And... I, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and the yeah, thing is this, there are natural portals, and then there are man-made portals. And I know Patrice Chaplin, when she was on the show, she told us about a phone call that she received from someone at NASA. And it really took her by surprise because this gentleman called her up and said, you know, I'm with NASA, and we are looking for <clears throat> portals that are man-made because we really? need to shut them down. Yes, and she really? said, "I oh, can't heard, yeah, help you I've heard, I've heard that. I don't. Yeah, yeah, because I, she said, I don't know about any of the man-made ones. I only know about the natural ones. But it was yeah. a fascinating, fascinating conversation about this. That NASA was interested in shutting those portals down, the man-made ones. I don't think that they can shut down the natural ones. But as he mentions, as covert disclosure mentions." They do, when they're identified, they guard them to make sure nobody else falls through, which is, I guess, a really good thing because it would be uh, a difficult journey (laughs) falling through those portals. Because you have to wonder, even with your experience, if you just happen to step through a portal, that also could have happened rather than somebody transporting you. Because Geronimo in that area, he used to travel through portals. It was very well known that Geronimo was a portal traveler, and he would get far, far away within the blink of an eye. And he was he was known for that, with the portals in that part of the country. So 
Very, very fascinating. Okay, so here's another question I asked. Why are some of the missing found without shoes? Because that's a big piece yeah. of this. And sometimes yeah. missing clothing. So here is his yeah. answer to that. Depending on the mechanics involved with disappearing or reappearing, it can happen so swiftly that clothes are torn and looser items such as shoes, hats, and even wigs a few days have come off. And that makes sense. If they're going to be taken by an ET, they might just be walking one minute and swooped up the next minute. And you could see how they would come out of their shoes. <clears throat> or if they were taken by a cryptid underground, again, it would be a very swift kidnapping. I would imagine it would happen very, very quickly. And and pieces of clothing could be torn or whatever. So that, that makes sense. Here's another question I asked him. Why does bad weather move into the area when they start searching for the missing? As you know, weather events are a big piece of David Polites' uh, work. He has found many different weather events that take place when these people go missing. And the search parties are out and they, they have to stop the search because the weather gets bad, whether it's snow or rain or wind or whatever. Here's the answer. Cases where the missing person or persons have been abducted by cryptids, the bad weather's coincidental. It's when the abductees are taken by extraterrestrials that you see 90% of the bad weather be fabricated. If the taken individual or individual aren't coming back and they've been taken by extraterrestrials, then this is when you see the bad weather be created either by their technology or by government technology as a possible reason to call off or delay searching. It's a really great trump card to have up your sleeve when you can actually control something that people think you can't. In some cases, the bad weather, or even better weather, can occur in cases of interdimensional portals being opened that are large enough to affect atmospheric pressure and other factors. I think that's a great answer. Um, it makes sense that it's not generated by cryptids, but it would be generated either by government or by extraterrestrials they both have the technology to do that so very interesting and certainly this bad weather does hinder um search parties in a major way <clears throat> so well you know there was that that forest ranger here in sedona i i there's a guy writing a book about him now and he wanted to know uh everything i knew about it and i said well it's all in my book one of my books i, I wrote all about it his name and everything but he walked in a secret canyon never came out uh oh. he was a, a a very a very experienced uh survivalist he, he could survive anywhere so he, he walked in a secret canyon which is only about two miles from sedona and never came out they, they, they looked at looked for him with bloodhounds horses helicopters on foot you name it they never found a trace of him by now it's been about 10 years they, they would have found his bones or his ba a backpack or some part of his yeah. clothing, you know, up, up, up on a, up, yeah, yeah, right. But they never have. Not, not, and, and there are people that go. Those, those side canyons are brutal. But there's people that go, you know, young, younger people that they, they go bushwhacking up there, and, and they, they would have found him by now. So what happened to him? So, he saw something that they wouldn't, they couldn't let him go. Either that, or he walked into a portal because Secret Canyon. Uh, you know, for years I spent on Secret Canyon, and it's a it's a weird place. They were uh, extraterrestrial activity was was seen almost continuously, and, and no no uh, human 
So they, they, they were had uh, holographic openings into the ground, and it looked like a bunch of bushes or a cliff, but there was actually an opening there and because they were uh, uh, somebody was drilling a tunnel, a big one, and uh, uh, secret, uh, almost all of the world's UFO activity happened on Secret Mountain and Secret Canyon uh, at the wow. same time, you know, during that time, and, and then and it all mm -hmm. burned. And, and, and Chet Snow, who was a famous writer, you know, for this stuff, Chet found out that the, the, uh, the, uh, the fire departments around here were ordered not to put the fires out in Secret Canyon and Secret Mountains. They burned. And since that oh day, there, there has been, yeah, there's been zero UFO, where it was the world center for UFO activity, the most intense UFO activity in the world, is now zero. And I, I mean nothing happens there anymore. So something... The government uh, wanted something to burn because uh, forest fire smoke only burns in black, you know, uh, cream, uh, off-colored off white, and so, but, but they were colored red, orange, you know, different colors coming off Secret, uh, Secret Mountain. So something burned up there. But we, nobody knows what it, it is, so the fire burned all the way back to the Colorado Plateau, and then they, they put it out. So, uh, and yeah, and uh, extraterrestrials were seeing it. Yeah, yeah, and it, what you're saying again, it, it just again points us all in the direction that we've been in for a long time, knowing that the government knows all about this. They just yeah. don't want to tell us that stupid report that they did. It was just yeah. nothing. I mean, they absolutely yeah, a, know. Was, yeah, yeah, that was an insult to, to anybody. It was an insult. To anybody that's got any, yeah, yeah, to anybody that's got any knowledge, that was an insult. I, I knew that was coming because. Yeah. Uh, years back, years back, I I already knew what they knew, and, and they give us that crap. You know, it, it was just, it was a smack, it was an insult. That's all. It was. I, I so agree with you, Tom. That's true. Well, here's another question: yeah. Why can't the bloodhounds find a sense? Here is covert disclosures answer. Again, I've, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, that's why they can't find a scent. Yeah, somebody's scooped up right into the air or down deep into the earth. Absolutely, the scent goes away. Yeah. So very hard for these well-trained uh, bloodhounds to find the scent beyond that. And and David also has talked about this in his books and in his films, where the dogs will just all of a sudden lie down or they'll walk in circles or but you can see that they can't go any further they just don't know where to go so um okay here's another question <clears throat> um when people are in the woods prior to a person going missing they have described that the whole area goes dead no wildlife sounds nothing why is that is the magnetic field collapsing is that what allows other creatures to come through. Now he had a very short answer to this one. The factors for this can vary pretty widely. 
And that's it. So the factors can vary for why, why there's no sound. Now, you've heard of this, and I'm sure you've experienced it, Tom, um, how everything goes quiet. What's your take on that? Let me tell you something. I mean, I've been... <laughs> I'm always going, why me? You know, if you read my books, I have some weird stuff that happened to me in, in, in most of it. And most of it was witnessed by somebody else. But I've, when, when everything goes quiet, something is scaring the hell out of the birds and the animals. Or whatever. There's something there that's scaring them. Uh, I, I had something happen to me once. I, I've camped all over North America with other people or with myself. But there was one time I was camped on the Colorado Plateau. And I've been, th- I've been thinking about this often lately, and I'm not really sure why. But I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and it was dead quiet. It was probably about 11 o'clock or so, I guess. And the, it was a ponderosa pine forest, and, and it was lit up as far as I can see in all directions, but there was no single source of light. It was just lit up and hmm. dead quiet. No, no no breeze, no no you know, no insects, no nothing. So I saw something coming through. It was about the size of a bear, black, and it was, and it was about 30 feet off the ground, and it stuck to a, a tree just above me, about 40 feet above me, and it just stuck there. So I'm looking at this thing, and I'm going, you know, I'm going, oh man, this is this, you know, what, you know, what else? So I just watched it. It didn't move or anything, but you know, the the the, uh, the uh, uh, Yakima Indians in Washington have got endless stories about stuff like this that I've heard. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, the Indians. I'll, I'll, I'll just mention this briefly, but. You know, I have a lot of high-level Indian friends, and, and they know stuff. They're, they're not telling us. They, they won't, you know, they've got a good reason for not liking white folks, being real suspicious of us, you know, and, and they've got a good reason. Definitely. But they know. Yeah. Yeah, but they know, mm-hmm. yeah, they know things, they, they know things, you know, that I, I have Apache friends, very high, very high-level Apache friends, and, and uh, uh, we get talking, you know, and they know they can tell that they can trust me. So they tell me things, you know, that that's happened, and they're not lying. They, they are absolutely they're not lying. They'll tell me stories about, you know, what's what's happened with them and what's what happened on the reservation, and and I guess especially the the, uh, the Navajos. I, I spent a couple of years working with the Navajos. And, and well, let's get broke. back to the um, to this thing that you saw because it sounds a lot like what people have described. It's almost like right out of the movie Predator, where it's yeah. you can see something moving through the trees. Yeah. And this has been yeah. described yeah. By, by a number of witnesses. They don't know what it yeah. is, but, they, but everything has gone quiet, and they get a really yeah. bad feeling. And then yeah. this thing starts moving through the trees. But it is like something out of Predator, that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah. there does seem to be something that is a Predator. And perhaps that's what you saw. But it's, um, again, it goes hand in hand with this silence, this overwhelming silence that people experience. No animal noises, no no wind, no anything. But I keep thinking that it must have to do with the magnetic collapse of the field because it just goes beyond that everything moves away, the birds and everything go away. I think it's more about a change in the electromagnetic field that probably takes place when these predator-type things start moving in our reality. There's interdimensionals yep. coming in or ETs, but it's, it's a shift, and it's bumping up against our reality in a way that is shutting things down on our side. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, um, but yep. anyways. so yep. um, Now, I did also ask a question about P. 
people going missing of German descent because that was something identified by David Polites in his research. He did find a number of people that were either German or of German descent that were taken. And, for example, there were five men, all physicists of German descent, that had gone missing here in the United States. So I asked that question of covert disclosure, why so many people of German descent? And here is his answer. of that pattern because of what has happened in Antarctica and the rumors that have flown around about Nazis being there as well as yeah. working with extraterrestrials that, you know, I yeah. could see, uh, you know, like you mentioned, humans and the ETs working together uh, to kidnap people. And why wouldn't they take other German people that were very intelligent or highly trained in one area or another? It seems like they have some kind of a pact. And, I mean, look at Admiral yep. Byrd and what happened in that yep. whole uh, Project High Jump. I mean, there's a, there's a yep. lot that points to something going on between yep. Nazis that escaped um, after the war and went there and had extraterrestrial right. uh, friends that were helping them with their technology. And, you know, they don't – what I've been – this is also something I've been told by one of our guests that – um, they don't have the numbers to take over the world and institute a Fourth Reich, but um, they do have technology and they do have the help of ETs. So who knows? I mean, maybe there are a group of Nazi ET connections that are also taking these people and they may be singling out Germans. I don't know. But he did not no. seem to know about that. So I'll move on to the next one. Um, why do most of the disappearances take place mid to late afternoon? All right, so now I've got to go back in my file here, and here is the answer. The abductors generally know that daylight is a factor in rescue efforts. While darkness may not necessarily delay rescue or recovery efforts, it almost always hampers or hinders them. Again, that makes a lot of logical sense that they would abduct people late afternoon, nightfall comes quickly, and it does hamper rescue efforts. So that makes sense. My next question was, why do many of the disappearances take place in granite boulder fields? And here is his answer. These are always cryptids, and it has to do with camouflage as well as the ability to quickly traverse the terrain. Wow. So that could be because they do have the ability to traverse, to traverse that type of terrain and could very well just be them that's inhabiting those, uh, those boulder fields. And, again, this is not particular to Bigfoot. This could be any cryptid group. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, also you know, yeah, well, let's talk, let's talk about Bigfoot for a second. I don't, I don't think, 
I, I've been studying Bigfoot since I was 16 years old. And I don't think there's anything anything uh, uh, malevolent to do with Bigfoot at all. Uh, I, I don't think they're, if they're involved in this stuff, it's uh, like uh, with Stan Gordon in Pennsylvania, the... Uh, the, uh, the the stuff that he he came across is a little disturbing, but I don't I really don't think Bigfoot has much to do with any of this other than just be, being there, being who, what they are, and they are they are definitely interdimensional. We can talk about that later because I've yeah I've, no, I've tried I agree to follow. With you. I think they are. Yeah, I think they yeah. are interdimensional, and I know we've had Dr. J on the show, who is a psychologist who had a big uh, experience and very positive with uh, with Bigfoot and he does not identify them as the ones that are kidnapping people he said it's no, something else no. that was something left else, here yeah. by uh by ETs and they're quite vicious yeah. and but that's yeah. not the Bigfoot he knows so yeah i mean dr yeah. j would definitely agree with you on that so here's another question i asked uh, why are people with obvious disabilities or illnesses abducted because there are a long list of people like that that have been taken. Here's his answer. An individual of this demographic is taken. It's almost always for research or food. People with disabilities, illnesses, or other such sickness are never taken as slaves, provided, of course, the abducting parties realize that before the abducting. Yeah, so maybe that's what they're doing, research or something like that. But there are quite there's a quite a high number of people with disabilities that are taken. Um, and so here's an, another question: Why are some of the bodies found in an area that had been searched before? Because as you know, that's one of the things that happens. These search parties go out, and they are arm in arm uh, across a quite a wide area, and they find nothing. They go back over the area, and then they find the body. So here's his answer. Sometimes it's just an accident. Other times it's intentionally done to increase the chances that the person has never found because of the unlikelihood of the ground being searched twice in some instances. Yep. So the other I, question I that I follows catch, this one. Yep. Go yeah, ahead. I didn't catch that. What, what, is, what did he say? I didn't quite catch that. He said sometimes it's just an accident. Other times oh, oh, it yeah, is okay. intentionally yeah. done to increase the chances that the person is never found because of the unlikelihood yeah. of the ground being searched twice in some instances. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then also I asked, why is the cause of death undetermined? Many of the people that are found dead, they, they end up with, an, with undetermined on their autopsy report. So my question was, all right, what is killing these people? And here is his answer to that. The causes of death are almost always known, but when it comes to official documentation, the powers that be are much more likely to say undetermined rather than say anything hinting at the paranormal. Hmm. Well, that makes sense also because, you know, they never want to hint at that. They never want to go down that road. But a no. lot of these deaths have been undetermined at the cause of death. Um, and also, why do the disappearances happen in geographic clusters? And here's his answer. Disappearances that happen in geographic clusters are almost always due to cryptids. Extraterrestrials usually space out their abductions geographically. Interdimensional abductions really know no boundaries as far as man-made boundaries go. It's the cryptids that have certain 
Makes sense. Mm, yeah. Did you hear that one? Or did you review that one? Because well, it no, yeah. It you makes know, sense that the cryptids yeah. would stay in certain areas. You, you know, I, I uh, obviously he's a very intelligent person, uh, and, and you know, and, and, and a well backgrounded. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I do my own research, and, and some of this stuff, uh, you know, I, I, will, I will agree with Stephen Greer. You know, he's not that, that the, the extraterrestrials are not our enemies. There's something else there, uh, because I I haven't been able, I've talked to them. I, you know, I. I <laughs> You know, done this picture language. I, it, so you know, and, and so I, I sort of got to know them. You know, and if they're, and if they're, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's some truth to this. That, like Dulce, you know, that stuff that went on in Dulce was, yeah, you know, crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I am sure there's, a, there's, there's truth to that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's too many, too many, uh, you know, back in the days when, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I, I was in on that with, with all of the researchers that were involved in it. And it's pretty weird. And then, uh, you know, what's his name? Got his fingers shot off. Um, yes. So and then he was, it, uh, he was yeah. murdered. Yeah, he, was he, murdered he died shortly. He came out and started talking about that. Yeah. yeah. They took him out. Yeah, Not died. the extraterrestrial, Sh- the government. No, no, right, the government. Yeah, shortly after he, he died. Um yeah, so I don't know. You know, some of this stuff, I, I use my remote viewing abilities, and they are considerable, and try to probe some of this stuff. And a lot of it just doesn't make sense. It, it, you know, and, and uh, uh, I suspect that, you know, that there's so much evil on this planet that if extraterrestrials are, you know, involved in it, they're, they're taking human form. Because some of the stuff that humans are doing to humans is, is, is beyond evil. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's beyond evil. I, I mean, it's, 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 there's no, no word that can describe it. It's so sadistic and, 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 and evil. So, you know, if, if any of those extraterrestrials are, I mean, they can find a lot of humans that would, you know, do, do their, 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 their billing, you know, they're willing, but... but uh, they're bidding, yeah, uh, absolutely. Th- no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of this stuff. I, I some of this stuff I studied. My, my, my brain can't comprehend it. I just can't understand it. it it's so evil. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just it's. Uh, so I, I, I really, you know, being a being a farm boy from Maine, I, I my, my poor old brain just can't, you know, deal with some. I know it's truly outside of our ability to understand when yeah. somebody can be that vicious towards a, a person or an animal. It just doesn't, there's no sense to make out of it. That's certainly for sure. I agree with you. Now, the last yeah. thing that I did, what well, actually was two things I did with covert disclosure. I asked about specific cases. For example, there's two elderly men, experienced hunters. They disappeared separately in northeast New York. Uh, Tom Messick disappeared without a trace on November 15, 2015. And Fred Drum disappeared on November 24th, 2015. Now, the FBI doesn't normally open cases on missing adults, but why did the FBI investigate these two cases? And here's his answer. You'd have to ask yourself this question. If the case wasn't open on a missing adult, why was the case open? The answer to that is to investigate the means by which the person disappeared. 
So that's what they're after. So to find out how they were taken and and who or if they could find the captor. Um, And that's the reason they get involved. But there have been a number of cases that David has identified where the FBI has been involved or the Green Berets have been involved. They're not normally called into those situations. So they're obviously looking for those two things, maybe others. Then I also asked him about one of my favorite cases in, in terms of, I mean, heartfelt case. Um, is Stacy Ann Aris, who was 14 years old, disappeared in Yosemite, and this is over 30 years ago. The only thing yeah. the searchers ever found was a lens cap. Now, I worked with a oh, team yeah, right. of mediums who thought that Stacy had accidentally passed through a portal and was unable to return, um, but may be able to return now. And I asked if he was he had any information on this case, but unfortunately he said he did not. So the next question that I asked was specific to people coming back. So I asked, <laughs> do you know... Now, are you aware of anyone who has returned from a portal or other dimension? And here's his answer. I am. Depending on the dimension they come back from, sometimes their minds never recover. I won't say what facility, but there is a facility I'm aware of that conducts three to four portal experiments annually. The results with an amateur object are generally successful but the massive amount of energy and the fluctuations of that energy make experiments with organic material highly difficult. Most experiments with organic material are, let's say, horrifically unsuccessful. I bet they are. It's, uh, you think back on some of the experiments we have heard about, and it, it sounds pretty bad. They don't come back either with their right mind or they come back and yeah, some, right. you know, caught in some other material. It's strange. Yeah, and then right. I did ask also, do you have the technology to return them? And here's his answer, quite interesting answer. The technology exists, but the government and other entities that control the technology are very hesitant to even attempt to return individuals. It would be more than likely just returning a person with their mind scrambled, which basically creates loose ends and potential information leaks, etc., whether their minds are ruined or not, period. Isn't that something? So they wouldn't return mm, them, yeah. they wouldn't want to return them and take a risk that they go blabbing about it, you know? Which yeah, could right, happen. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> but whether they'd be believed or not is a totally different question. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, Anyways, the uh, the other question I asked was, uh, do you have the technology to return them? And that's the one I, let's see. Okay, that's the one I just played. Yeah, so anyhow, uh, very, very fascinating answers from Covert Disclosure. I did also ask him about the smiley face killers. And um, also I asked him about what happened in New Mexico at the observatory that was shut down and evacuated, but he did not have information on either one of those. So um, so that's as far as he went with that. But then I did ask him another question about, is there an ET that you're really afraid of? Is there a cryptid that you're really afraid of? I've got to find this answer here because I 
texted him at the very end, and he did send me an email with an answer to that question. Here it is. I thought this was great. Now, these were not recorded answers. These he just answered, like I said, in an email. So there is a cryptid that has been given the moniker the draining race. Aside from demons, this creature is the stuff of nightmares. If you are inside the sphere of influence, it has a way of zapping your energy and willpower. I wouldn't call it an energy vampire because it doesn't absorb or take in what it drains. This creature is responsible for more than a few deaths. So that was his answer about a cryptid. And then I asked about, is there any particular ET race that you're concerned about? He said, I am most afraid of a race called the Lechul, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, um, Enjoli. The reason I'm fearful is because they need nothing, there's nothing really known about them. Oh my, okay. A single one was captured last year in the vicinity of the Appalachian Trail. We neither seen nor heard of this race prior to that. It was more likely at that time that this was just a variation of a known race. But, as it turned out, it was an all-new race. As for the appearance, picture a stereotypical gray alien, but with a concave face. Its appearance is so sinister is to make a traditional gray that it's put... I can't even read this. It's just so small. Where are my glasses? Oh, my goodness. Um, It's a stereotypical gray alien, but with a concave face. Its appearance is so similar to a traditional gray that that's why initially it was thought that it was just an offhand of another type of a gray race, but it wasn't. So, it was put into a holding facility where it made no attempt to communicate, nor did it eat or drink. After four days, it simply ceased all life functions. It was apparently like that. It just flipped a switch and ceased to be. That scares the hell out of me because that is the behavior of a hostile who is anticipating an interrogation or torture. That legual is a completely unknown race, hostile intent. That absolutely terrifies me. So that was the last question I asked, and that was the last question, covert disclosure answered. He's obviously very knowledgeable about the different types of races that they've encountered, and it sounds like there are a lot of them that I have never even heard before. So very fascinating. Again, cover disclosure, thank you so much for answering those questions. It's been just a wonderful, wonderful evening going through all of your answers. And, and again, best wishes to you and all of what you're doing to help hopefully keep us all safe. So, Tom, let's go back to you. And you were talking about a guy from the CIA that you met who was telling you all kinds of things that you were very surprised to hear. So um, 
do tell. We want to hear what you know. Well, there's some things I won't talk about, but I, uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 there's a, there's a, I, I know there, there are bases here. There, are, they call them, I call them underground installations. And uh, when, when, uh, uh, you know, I've been around here for 33 years, so I, I, I hear the rumors, and I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I've always said I hunt them on their turf. I, I've gone asked, after them. You know, cause some people think I'm nuts, but that's how I, that's how I've done a lot of things. So at any rate, a tunnel system was drilled through here about, uh, I guess probably 30 years ago, and it, and it came through underneath Secret Canyon, and there was an enormous amount of extraterrestrial activity here at that time. And, and uh, military types with, with M16s and machine guns and whatnot. And I, I had high-level high military, active military friends at the time, so I'd call them up. And uh, I would describe the uniforms. They, they were all current U.S. military uniforms, except they had no insignia on them, none. Uh, so they, huh. they, they, would be stopping pe- they would be stopping people at, at trailheads and, and sticking uh, M16s in their face and say there's there's a, a military uh, 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 maneuvering going on in, behind us and it's closed to the public right now. And, and one guy actually said, "Well, this is public land. I'm going that way." And he, and he stuck the gun in his face and said, "You t- you, pu- you take one more step and I'll pull the trigger." So they were oh, serious. My. Yeah, they yeah, certainly so, were. Yeah, so this this happened about 30 times in, in a, about a 10 year period. So. There was, was extraterrestrial activity quite a bit, uh, so I, I think maybe some of these underground installations are, are, are uh, uh, military and or extraterrestrial. They, they might be working together. That's quite possible. Yeah. So the tunnel system, I, I, I thought it was only went from the Navajo Army Depot. It's a five five mile by six miles, and it's it's they're nuclear. It's a storage. Uh, depot for munitions, uh, every, everything, and, 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 and uh, it, it is a storage facility for nuclear weapons. Because, because there was a guy across the street that watched the traffic coming in of the, out of the base that had been in the, medic, uh, the military, and he said, "Oh, definitely, they, they were, they were, there's uh, 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 nu- nuclear stuff going in and out." So anyway, so the base. Uh, what, the, what the CIA guy told me was a lot to do with that, and I, I really probably better stay away, stay away from that. But he told me about a base that was up there that was real. Uh, I'll call it an underground installation. It was almost part of the Navajo Army Depot that I never knew about. But he said, "Oh yeah." But he what said, were they I, doing there? Me, I don't know. What were they doing? I don't doing? know. But they. Well, see, this thing, the, tun- the tunnel system uh, went from Jerome, uh, Arizona, up on the up in the mountains. Right, I can look at it from right here where I'm living. Go down, down through, right across, uh, underneath the Bradshaw Ranch, uh, through the Secret Canyon, up to the Navajo Army Depot. And this guy called me one day. He says, "Hey, Tom, I, I have a friend in Congress. He's a congressman." And he said, "I want you to tell Tom Dongo something, but don't tell him who I am." So he said, "Tell Tom Dongo he's close, but the, the, the tunnel system does not end." At the Navajo Army Depot, it goes all the way to Las Vegas and then to Area 51. It starts in Area 51, uh, and, and and they since uh, and, and underneath Jerome, Arizona, there's 71 miles of, of old copper tunnels. They're most they're mostly dry. 
so any anything could exist down there. And uh, 4,200 feet straight down, they hit a, wow. a, an enormous, an enormous. That's 2,000 feet lower than where I live right here. They hit an enormous pocket of gold and silver, and it's probably dry. It's probably bone dry. So anything could exist down there. So. The tunnel system went to Jerome, and then a few uh, uh, about five years later, it went straight west, right right up through the Verde the Verde, uh, the Verde Canyon, because people could hear the drilling, the drilling under their houses. Our housing was shaking. You know these these huge uh, 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 drilling machines were, uh, and it, it was the drilling machines were probably ours. Now now they have nuclear uh, uh, drilling machines that actually melt their way through rocks, so they they wouldn't be as noisy. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, but again, uh, I know what everybody wants to know because we know about the tunnels. We've heard about the tunnels from a bunch of people who were there when they were they had started uh, drilling, I guess, to to create these tunnels, and they were all connected. But again, nobody yeah, seems right. to be able to tell us what's going on there. I mean, at the very least, what we can surmise is that somebody like uh, Covert Disclosure Four Four One. That somebody like that is is in one of those installations where they have cryptids and ETs, and you know maybe that's that's where they are is underground, and it would make sense that they'd be underground. Um, so maybe things like that are going on underneath. But I, I'm waiting to hear. You know, is this is well, this what a, they're doing? Lot, what are they doing in that yeah. tunnel? Well, a, a lot has changed. You know the. Uh, uh, should I talk about this? I, I have high-level, mostly retired military friends in, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, cosmic top-secret clearances and that sort of thing. But uh, a lot of these things are, are, are have been abandoned. Uh, I don't. I doubt that the tunnel systems have. But a lot of it has been. And that Sandia base outside of Al- Albuquerque, New Mexico, it was an alien base, and it's empty now. Uh, I've, I've, uh, okay. and it's it, yeah, and it's theirs. It's uh, friend, a friend of mine, a high-ranking military person, was went in there. And he said you you could eat off the floors. It's so clean. They they sanitize it so much. So, uh, you know, for years we heard rumors about a, a, an alien base in Sandia Peak, and it was it was true, but but it's gone now. It's it's there, but uh, it's it's empty. So. Uh, you know, well, here's so. the thing. So then what you're saying is that these high-level people were alluding to the fact, or maybe they came right out and said that they were working with ETs. Our government has been working with ETs. Well, yeah, of course they have. You know, I've, I've been, I've been uh, uh, I think it was Frank Salter. He, he was on Greer's, the first panel. and I, I, I believe he passed away a few years ago, but... But he said he has said that uh, he, uh, he he was friends of a friends of mine. So he said that he said, "Come on, we we all know in, in the military intelligence networks that the U.S. government has been dealing face to face with extraterrestrials since about 1943, and probably back into the 30s. We all know it, but it's compartmentalized so we don't we don't have the whole picture. None of none of us do so." What we know now is probably minuscule to, to what is actually going on. Uh, you know, and I went to one of Linda Moulton Howe's talks, and she said that she talked to some people in the Pentagon, and uh, the, uh, a, an officer said, I'm, I'm going to talk about this. I'm sick and tired of not, not talking about it, and I'm going to tell the public what I know. You know, so they, 
they took him, you know, by the hand and led him into a, a colonel's office, I guess it was. And he said, sit down, son. So we understand what you're talking about, but let me put it this way. We, are, we will never tell the American people what we know about extraterrestrials, never. So that's, wow. that, that's, the, last, that's the last word on that. And that's, that's what, what, what a little bit I've been able to get to. The rest of it, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to know. Because, you know, some of these... Uh, we're, some of these some of these beings are millions of years ahead of us. And as far as I know, uh, uh, there 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 are about 15 races of human extraterrestrials, and probably around 135 total. And the the others are are uh, humanoid. So you you can just about imagine that, you know if you took a bunch of people in you know a room, 135 different races of people. Some would be friendly, some would be enemies, some would be real well mannered, some yeah. would be real hate everything, right. you know. Good so that's, bad probably, that's the way. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've had friends. I've had, you know, I, I hear, uh, I hear things, you know, from from uh, high level people. And, uh, well, tell us something uh, I, I we know. don't already know. Tell us something that we don't already know, because you know my audience. Very smart, very much on the leading edge yeah. with all this stuff. A lot of them themselves are involved in covert operations. So tell us something right. that we don't know. We know that the government's been working with ETs, and I love what you just said, that the guy said they'll never tell the public what's really going on. I think that's true. But tell us something more. Tell us something new about all of this. Well, you know, David, David Jacobs says that the hybrids are, hybrids are in a position where they could probably take over the, this planet now. And I know for a fact that 50 years ago, our, our government was working with, with uh, uh, praying mantis uh, human, human praying mantis uh, in a laboratory. And, and uh, the, the people that told me that said they were pretty weird. But they were half human, so we, we uh, you know, we, we work. They were they were easy. They were easy to work with. And I've had another friend that uh, met extraterrestrials, had had a contact with with extraterrestrials, and he said that the, the praying mantis creatures are the most intelligent living things in the universe. So it's pretty pretty interesting. Very interesting. We've heard we've heard about the praying mantis. So David Jacobs is great. He's been on the show a couple of times. We love David, and we agree with him. We think that it's quite possible that they could take over the world, and we would know we wouldn't have a clue as to what to do. But um, with all of that, you know, it's it's really a shame that our government has to be so adversarial towards us about what's going on with ETs. I mean, I think it would be very important to know more about this. And I know you're saying some things you don't want to know. I can understand that. But at the same time, you know, our government is working with ETs. Clearly, from covert disclosure we're learning, they're also very much involved with all kinds of cryptids and identifying other species that are here as well. So there's a whole effort that's been going on, whether it's in the tunnels or above ground, it's been happening for a long period of time. I mean, 50 years ago, you said, is when you were aware of the praying mantis hybrids that they were working mm-hmm. with. So, you know, we're talking about a long history that our government has had with being involved with ETs and interdimensionals, although I have a feeling, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I have a feeling that the interdimensionals are a lot more difficult for our government to deal with. Um, I, I just have that feeling. And 
some of this is ET, some of it's interdimensional. So I think the interdimensionals really make them nervous. That's my guess. What do you think? Well, I, I like all this, this stuff to make people aware is going on right now because we, we need to be shaken up real bad because there's things we need to know that are beyond our reality. And uh, it, uh, it, because I've had glimpses of it being a remote viewer. Uh, you know, and we, we've really got to be more, more conscious of, of these things that are around us. So I think we're, we're surrounded by beings. In fact, I just saw something the other day that there's a new kind of creature they discovered. Uh, it's from, uh, from uh, uh, space. You know, it's, and it's like they say, you know, out, out there in space, it's, space is not empty. It's full of living creatures. It's like an ocean. It's full right. of living creatures. Right. And, you know, and that, that's true. So, you know, if we, if we, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, we don't, you, you, you know, I, I've studied this a lot and that, that what they, what they don't want, all, all these factions that having us, that having humans bickering and squabbling and infighting, uh, they're trying to keep us separated. They do not want us to think as one. That's in the, uh, the uh, Rockefeller papers. The, the one, the, the one You're thing. Right. What they are don't. they doing? Yeah, no, yeah, they're and they're doing it perfect right now. No, I mean it couldn't it couldn't be any worse now. Everybody's squabbling. So the the, the one the, the one thing they they want to keep us from doing is is getting you know critical thinkers together or together and thinking as one. They're they're they're, they're really they're scared of that. And I've I've got the papers here somewhere where the Rockefeller papers talk about that. So they're gonna they're gonna do their best to keep humans bickering and squabbling so we never get together. And it's working perfectly right now with. You know, with with uh, uh, Soros and all, all these other people paying million do- millions of dollars to let murderers out of out of prison, you know, district attorneys are being paid yeah, to release I mean, right. mur- mur- murderers. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you it, see it, what's it, happening. It could... I mean, people like you're talking about critically critical thinkers, and if you know what the Communist Manifesto is and you've read it, then you look around yeah. you and you see that the Democrats are trying to institutionalize that within our country. Yeah. And so it yep. is it is awful what's going on and yet people are acting like that's the way it should be that some people are. But I don't think they're in the majority in this country. I really don't. I think they have the biggest mouths. I think they have the biggest mouthpieces. But I don't think they're the majority. If you look at how many people voted against this kind of stuff and for someone yeah. Who would again uh, have our country be great? Then you're looking at a much greater majority there than you are with all of this Marxism, communism, and allowing China to take over. Now you know what's happening in Cuba right now. You know what's happening in South yeah. Africa. And people are saying yeah. this is all coming from China. Maybe I wouldn't doubt it. However, again, it's people who are standing up. It's like you're saying you have to look beyond. You have to. Use your critical thinking to see what's happening around you and, and take, a, take a stand for what you believe in. If you want your freedom and, or if you want to be under communist rule, I guess, then that's where you want to be. I don't. I'm not in favor of that. <laughs> well, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, losing, yeah, yeah. we're losing more yeah, of our rights all our the rights time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very like frightening that I heard... Did you hear the Biden administration wants to have a deal with phone companies so they can spy on all of our text messages and actually make corrections about anybody talking about the vaccines in a way they don't like? Now, what yeah. in the world 
That's, that is absolutely insane. I can't imagine anybody going along with that. But yet, I guess there are a number of people that are brainwashed enough to think that's cool. I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you look at the way people think these days. And, and t- ten years ago, we would have thought it would be impossible for the, right. the, uh, the people right. to be go- going going along with the stuff that's going along now. I, I mean, every, every day, I my 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 brain just smoke comes out of my ears because of what people are putting up with. <laughs> you know, that's that's, yeah. that's just. Uh, they're, and they're, they're, they are sheep. I mean, it's a herd of sheep. You know, when I about this was about 40 years ago, maybe 50 years ago. When, uh, it was a think tank, and, and they were telling, well, we, all these smart people, you know, we, we, we'll, they'll, they get together, and they they say, well, we'll do this. The, the sheep, meaning us, will go this way. Then we'll do this, and the sheep will run that way. And then we'll do this. And, and uh, so they were planning for what they were going to do the next 20 or 30 years. You know, well, we'll do this, and then they'll do that, and, you know, they'll react to this, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do something over here, and then, then they'll run the other way. And, and I'm going, man, is that, are we that stupid? Are, are we really that stupid, you know, that people can't figure it out? You know, look at, look at this, and wait a minute, we're being, we're being, you know, we're being manipulated and, you know, and, and, uh, you well, know, again, and, and pushed. It's, and, yeah, and yeah and it's important as you've brought out to to keep looking beyond all of that and not allow yourself to be brainwashed into a certain way of thinking um or going along with something that doesn't feel true in your heart so yeah I think there's a lot of people get triggered very easily they start digging their heels in they don't want to look at the facts about democrat run cities and uh, different crime rates going up super high. I mean, it's just a fact. You don't have to get triggered over it, but yeah, I mean, you can yeah, right. see where something has shifted in consciousness that is a dumbing down, and it's it's very very scary to watch. I mean, I questioned this. I wondered if people were being brainwashed during yeah. newscasts because. Yeah. Yep. Again, now it was banned. Remember, subliminal messaging was banned in commercial, and they weren't allowed to use it in commercials. But I don't know if it was ever banned in newscasts. I have to wonder, when I encounter people who I've known to be very smart, suddenly um, go into a posture that is so nonsensical, I'm like, where did this come from? And it looks to me like somebody's been brainwashing them but how that's the question how has this happened and a lot of people watch the news i wonder if there was subliminal messaging going on during newscasts yeah, that's just right. a question i have i'm not saying it did or it didn't i just question where did this brainwashing come from some of us were affected by it more so than others um but it's it's very concerning it's very upsetting to see the division and these people, you know, shaking the jar of the two different color ants and the ants are going at it, but who's shaking the jar? So, you know, that old story, but you're right. But again, I think with, with what we started tonight, our discussion with learning more about cryptids, learning more about ETs, they've been here obviously for thousands of years. Ancient aliens has it right. And, you know, we need to, to again, get very savvy about it and and learn what we can from the ones that are good. Now, 
I have to agree with you. I don't think the ETs are against us. I, I really don't. I think if they ever wanted to take over the planet, they could have done it long before this. However, yeah, right. I do think there are there may be races that we wouldn't feel comfortable with for whatever reason, whether they have abducted humans, which they probably have, and what they've done to them. We yeah. wouldn't be comfortable with it. Um, same with cryptids. There's good and bad there. We've even heard people talk about the fairy realm in the same way. There's good and bad there. So uh, we have to mm-hmm. to have our own discernment about about these. But that's why I guess I'm very grateful to Covert Disclosure because he's being willing to talk about what he knows. And he's also said, you know, he doesn't know everything, but he does have some good information. But tell us more. Like, what do you think my audience has not heard before? Um, what do you think that they'd be interested to hear about, about what you know and what your CIO friend knows? Oh, boy. You know, if well, you've got a good point there. You know, people that are really aware, that are, that are more, more uh, you know, our family type of researchers, it's, it's hard. Uh, I I don't you know I uh, I wish I could teach remote viewing to everybody so everybody could be there would be no secrets if everybody was a remote viewer because I I see everything completely different than other people do and it's and it's awesome it's incredible so I go to you know uh, like uh, uh, you know. Um, uh, McMonigle, uh, uh, I I, uh, I was standing right beside him years ago in, in a uh, uh, convention, UFO convention, and uh, he I, I I had I had been going on to alien spacecraft, uh, visiting them and visiting them, and and uh, so I, I thought I was crazy. I thought it had to be insane. So in McMonagall, who was at the time, I think he was the top remote viewer for the the U.S. And he, we were in a group of, of six or eight people in a circle, and he started talking about, well, you know, <laughs> I love to tell this story. Uh, he said that uh, he, he went near uh, alien spacecraft, and there are thousands of them out there. That they're very easy to find. And they, they threatened him. They said, you know, don't come any closer. And I learned early on that, you get near a, uh, you come near an alien spacecraft, and they they warn you, stay away. You stay away, because if you go get, if you go closer, they get the hostility really amplifies. So anyway, he kept going, and and uh, went onto the ship, and they they grabbed him and, and put him in a cage and wouldn't let him go. I'm kind of, I I found it kind of, I I found it kind of humorous actually. He's a guy who's been doing you know two tours in Vietnam and. And he, they wouldn't let him yeah, go. He he's, said he's it a was soldier. Yeah. terror. Yeah, he was he, he was terrified. So I'm going. I'm thinking, oh, you dummy! I I learned that early on. If they threaten you, if they they <laughs> warn you to stay away, stay they away. They're in business, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They're not fooling. They're not fooling around. And I I know they wouldn't kill you. I, I'm sure. I'm sure of that. But they would make it real uncomfortable. So anyway. After a while, a long while, they let him go because you know his, his his psyche was up there and his body was down here. So he was starting to get really freaked out. So I, I you know, when he when he said that, I, I you know, I, I thought to myself, I'm really not crazy. You know, and I've done so many other things like that that they got validated by by somebody else, you know, down the road that was more, much more qualified than 
you know than I I am. So I uh, I have uh, had quite an adventure. I'm, I'm getting a little uh, you know I'm going to be 77 next year, so I'm getting I'm getting a little old now for some of this stuff. I just don't have the energy <laughs> to do it, to do it anymore. But, <laughs> yeah, but but it's been a heck of an adventure. I'll tell you that. I I, uh, oh, I, I really sure. uh, I've you... enjoyed it. Uh, yes, I know yeah. you've met some really fabulous people. I mean, Joe being one of them. I've known Joe for over, I don't know, 30 years. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is a very talented remote viewer, extremely talented. I remember being amazed watching what he could do, uh, the photographs that, I mean, the things that he saw that he could yeah. draw that bore out, you know, and also finding missing people. He was he was very good at helping with all of those things, very talented man. And a great well, you talk, as you mentioned. Yeah, you know, I, I won't work on murders anymore. I, I just flat refuse. I, I'm not interested. I'm not doing it. But I've solved, I think, about five murders now. And, oh, and re- using remote, yeah, using remote viewing. But the, the thing about it is, you have to experience it. You have you, you have to be there and experience, feel the person being killed. You know, feel you, you can see everything that's going on. And I will not ever do it again. Uh, it's it's so it's so so difficult, but that's one of the, you know, uh, you know, and you spontaneously see things, and that's one of the the, the downsides of remote viewing. But it's also very very uh, very interesting. What you know, if you can you use it, that ability for that, what else can you do with it? And and I've traveled around the universe, and I I'm not good. I'm not doing. I'm not very good at going uh, into the future. It's it's really uh, the future for the, for about 50 years is a mess. After that, it's it's pretty, it's a pretty, pretty golden age kind of a thing. But I'm good at going going into the past. I, I love to go back to a, a thousand years ago to an English village or something like that and just sit there and watch them and smell all the frankincense yeah, and be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is a lot well, of again, fun. Again, I you know, think you know there are a, there are a lot of um, remote viewing courses out there. I know uh, we have a guest coming on the show in a few weeks who also offers one for free, and it is a great way to learn uh, more about our realities, and it's not just one thing. So it does help to expand the mind and, and also to change how you see your reality. I know that when, when I just want to mention that when George and Becky and I, and also Helene Olson when she was alive, did this work uh, with the portals, we learned a couple of things. We learned how to open portals, and we could go through them. And when we did, um, everything would turn blue dark blue around us, and we would right. turn blue. Right. However, there, when George and I went looking for some of the missing people, at times we encountered a red portal. Everything would turn red, and that was very uncomfortable. Um, and then when we had the gentleman from East Eddie Ranch on the show, and he talked about when, when UFOs showed up and they had red around them, they learned to stay away from them. And it was right in in alignment with what we found in doing our American Skull Group where we went looking and we encountered red portals. It was really tough work. And I can understand what you're saying about when you go uh, to help solve a murder, you're stuck with those images. We've had so many people on the show, very talented mediums that have said, and psychics who said they won't do those cases as well, for the same reason. And also because yeah. sometimes you just can't get those images out of your head. They're there forever. No. So we understand that. But but in doing the work with American Skull that I did with George, Becky, and Helene, 
Um, it was very powerful. We were able to pull in photographs of interdimensionals and ETs, and it yeah. was exciting work, very exciting work. But the red portals was, oh, wow. Um, that was something I don't know if I'd want to do again. The blue ones were great, but the red ones were scary. Yeah, I've, I've, and, I've seen people just... Yeah, I've seen people disappear into portals. I've watched them uh, disappear, yeah. and I've watched hum, hum, humanoids. On the Bradshaw Ranch, we, we watched the, the seven dogs chase it, and it, and it, and it, and it uh, right by a yucca plant, it disappeared. It went, in the, it went through a portal. And, and uh, so the next day, we were out there trying, sticking our arms through it. You know, did, you see, did my arm disappear, this kind of stuff, you know? And, and uh, so yeah. it, 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 it closed up or whatever behind it, but... Uh, getting back to you know, I've tried to I've tried to remote view, and I don't know if any remote viewer has ever been successful. But I've tried to follow. I've some of the especially the kids that have disappeared in the national parks. You know, the three kids in front of them suddenly they poof, they're gone. I've tried yep. to follow them. Recently, I, I was uh, I found a, about a five-year-old boy. That uh, so I got right behind him because I knew he was going to disappear, and, and when he did, I went with him, and, and we were going up. Somebody asked me. Were you going down or were you going up? And so we were going up fast. And it was like somebody slammed my brakes on. We, we were going extre- at extreme speeds, and it's like somebody slammed my brakes on, and I, I, I just came to a complete stop. And, and, and I was, was told, this, this is as far as you go. This is the, the barrier. And I, I, couldn't, you know, I couldn't see anything after that. So that's happened wow. two or three times when I've tried that. So I don't know of any other remote viewer that's got any any. I, I I've never heard of anybody getting further than that. I don't but, think uh, they some, have because I know. Um, yeah, David has talked about the fact that uh, psychics, mediums, and remote viewers have not been successful in finding these disappeared people. So um, nobody knows why they haven't been successful. But I have a thought on that, and I, I think it's because. They're not used to changing dimensions, and that's what's happening here. This is a very different change in dimension than, say, going to the other side of the veil and talking to a dead person. This is so different than that, and I think that's why uh, people have trouble. Now, when George and I went looking for some of the guys that were missing, we did see a Nazi involvement and an ET involvement together, and they were doing experiments on removing people's souls. That's what it looked like to us. Um, yeah, and oh so, yeah, well, but again, yeah. you understand what that is, and and it's, yeah. and we saw them putting them all in these grids. It, it was a really disturbing sight to watch, yeah. and um, but again, I can see where uh, remote viewers, psychics, and mediums would not be able to make those uh, to make those journeys. It's not a, a linear journey at all. It's almost like you go sideways, um, but. Very interesting stuff, and again, I know David is always looking for people who can help him and give him solid information on what has happened to these people. He's always been open to that, um, although he himself makes no determinations on what it is. He's open to it. So if you ever come across, you know, an answer, you should reach out to David and share it with him. I'm sure he'd be very grateful. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about, I know we're almost out of time, but real, real quick, I, I felt a ghost near me because I can talk to ghosts. It's weird. But anyway, it, uh, uh, I asked him what was wrong. He said, "I'm afraid of the light." And, and uh, so it's a long story. But uh, I said, "Well, I, I, I went. I took him by the arm. And I said, let's, let's go. Let's go into the light.'" So he's, I had to kind of pull him into the light. 
But what an experience that was. We, we, and we, we were going up to these multi, multi, multi layers of colors, faster and faster and faster. We got into a blue layer, and we stopped. And, and a voice said, this is as far as you can go. And I looked at him, and he was gone. But what a trip ah. that was. That was, you know. So that, again, you, like you reached the outer barrier. Yeah, that's so interesting, yeah. Tom. Goodness me. Well, yeah. you've had a lifetime of this which is very exciting, and you've got all your books, which can be found on, your books can be found on Amazon, right? Oh, yeah, Emerging Dimensions is my big one I'm, I'm pushing now, Emerging Dimensions. It's, 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 uh, Amazon is the only place, all bookstores, Emerging Dimensions. Excellent. Well, congratulations on all of your books and your newest one, too, and I'm so glad you were able to jump on the show with me tonight. This has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and having you co-host with me and, and uh, go yeah. through all these questions and answers and share some of your personal experiences, which are tremendous, just tremendous. So thank you so well, much. I, I hope you come yeah, back. This has yeah. been great fun. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you know, I've been telling my audiences for years, you know, the weirder it is, the better I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can count on weird here. That's for sure. <laughs> we yeah. love weird. So, yep. Tom, thanks again, and everybody, yep. we're going to be back again next week with another, another great show, and until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.